Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is an AFL off-season shit-posting podcast. My name is Heath, and the first question I ask every week is your highlight of the week. So, Brenton, have you got a highlight of the week past? Well, oh, there's been a few things going on. Oh, um, you see, Korean Zombie made his return after doing Didn't his yeah. national service for yeah. the South Korean Army. Great fight, and one hell of a knockout. Wasn't it? It was crazy. The crazy elbow. Yeah. 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 The sort of, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's. I guess it's an upside. It's almost like a no, somersault elbow. I did see uh, Tony Jar do it in uh, Ong Bak. <laughs> I think it's the first South North elbow we've seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's like Korean snapping zombie. crocodile or some yeah. shit they called it. It was winning the fight. And you reckon Zombie was? Was he on the cards? I don't think I've seen, I haven't seen the cards it. yet, but uh, one second to go in the fifth round, so the final round, one second to go, yeah. probably leading the fight, gets knocked the fuck out yep. with a ridiculous elbow by Yair Rodriguez. That could have been an accident. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, it makes it interesting now that uh, you've got like, him back and Yair, who's got a bit of steam behind him again, because he came out of the blocks, like House on Fire, being very, you know, um, very illustrative fighter who always put it on a good performance. Um, but then he sort of had to fight a few people that weren't quite, well, he fought BJ Penn. Think, he was 120 years old. I think Josh has just brought up the scorecard and it looks like he was losing. Ah, no, he was winning, that. actually. Um, looks like he had three rounds for the white judge, which, you know, that's good. Um, he had 10, 10, 10. He had yeah. split split win if he had held on for another second. Yeah, there yep. you go. Um, assuming the, yeah, the last round doesn't matter. Yeah, um, no yeah uh, Cerrone as well. I think he broke the record. Yeah, yeah, for... for most UFC most, wins. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he bis- took Bisping. Yeah. For yeah. that one. And that was no. good to see too. But now he reckons that he's going back down to 155. Yeah, of course he's not. No. <laughs> Just keep putting on good fights, Cerrone. That's all you need yeah. to do. But it was good that I saw on Reddit that Dana had some FaceTime with the Korean zombie telling him it's all good, you know, he's going to be looked yeah. after. Of course he's. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty he's, pretty a highlight. He's a po- yeah. popular fighter. I just got... Drunk. <laughs> that was it. Did you see the F1 at all? I didn't watch it yet because I had to work the next morning. Um, but I saw the results and yeah. Uh, yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, I'm going to spoil it for you because fuck it. You ain't watching it now. The season's over. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Verstappen was leading and uh, pretty comfortable. And he goes to pass Ocon uh, lapping him. And Ocon's in, you know, shit car, doesn't really matter. And he does. But he goes a bit too deep, flat spots, you know, fucks around because, you know, he's, he's well up. But then, because he got so deep, Ocon's like, well, fuck it. Uh, he's put the foot off now. I can take my position back. <laughs> and so Ocon's thought, uh, all right, well, uh, I'll jump in here. So it goes up the inside. Verstappen shuts the door, but too late because Ocon's already alongside him. They come together. Verstappen spins out. And uh, Hamilton just sort of breezes on past and on, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I'll take this. He Bradbury it. It's usually the other way around. It's Vettel or Hamilton getting spun <laughs> yeah. and. But the, uh, the thing was, Verstappen lost his fucking mind. Uh, yeah. uh, he's not the most level-headed of lads. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. Um, don't know where he gets that from, knowing Joss. But uh, Ocon's like, I was taking the spot back. I'm a racer. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. Uh, and fair play. I mean, if you're in his position, you know, down the field, if you crash trying to take your position back, that's a better result than finishing 14th. Yeah, yeah. Like at least then you show uh, the sponsors and everyone else that you're a racer. Yeah. If you're just calmly getting fucked, then you're not long for F1. Yeah. Um, but then afterwards, Verstappen cornered him and gave him a couple of shoves. <laughs> I didn't see that. And like Verstappen, I mean, for an extremely talented racer, but not intimidating. <laughs> like, there's no way we're taking two shoves like that from a kid who's, what is he, 20? He's 5'10", like 57 I'm, kilos. I'm going to say, they can intimidate jockeys. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Know, that's about it. He should have went and punched his dad. That's the way you get to him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and he has to do uh, two days of community service. Oh because, wow! Which means just marshalling, really. And if an F one yeah. bloke comes down to marshal. He's not really doing hard work, is he? He's not picking up bits of rubber he's off the track. Signing autographs. Yeah, he's going to sit there, sign some autographs, wave a couple of flags and be fucking done with yeah. it. What country does he have to do this service in? If it's the Netherlands, he ain't working hard at all. Oh, I hope it's Brazil. It's Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking I dead. mean, this is the first, uh, first Brazilian Grand Prix where there hasn't uh, been an attempted kidnapping that I've heard about so far. <laughs> not even joking. No, that's actually true. Usually on the way home, yeah. They just get cars that will try and box a... Uh, one of the driver's cars or the marshal's cars or whoever, team members, and yeah, literally try and kidnap them. Remember they they yeah. tried to do that to Bernie Eccleston and people got fucked up, like literally got yeah. shot. Yeah. Because his security guard's like, we don't fuck about. Yeah, it was Bernie. He probably doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of the ones where if uh, if Bernie's about to get kidnapped and you shoot three dudes and do 20 years to life, you're still getting paid. Yeah. Like, Bernie will make sure that uh, for saving his life, and you know, even if his lawyers couldn't get you out of trouble, which they would, uh, your family ain't, ain't going hungry. No. But, uh, yeah, um, my highlight, it's been... Wasn't that your highlight? I, th- I thought that was <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I was just jumping in. Um, well, moving away from sport, there was a funny one that happened, and there's we've got a lot of politics around the moment with the US midterms and the state election coming up and every bastard trying to get their head in front of a camera, no matter how rough their head is. But uh, there was a chick on Twitter who's uh, popped up. Um, she's a... Uh, she goes by the name Reformed Republican, and she's a black chick, and she's got a, a Make America Great hat on her head. Not one of the caps, but you know, uh, one of the... It's a bucket hat. Bucket yeah, hat. bucket yeah. hat. Well, it's nothing wrong with a good bucket hat. And yeah. she pops out with, I will hide it no longer. The left has made us feel as if black Republicans should hide away, but not anymore. So she's got blacks for Trump, MAGA. And then uh, later on, right. she comes up with, um, I'm now getting kicked out. My mother literally woke me up out of my sleep and screamed at me, how could you support this monster? She doesn't even know him, so how can she be him monster? I just wish they understood. Um, so, gets kicked out, whole bunch of crap. Um, and then she's like, I need help, you know, I've got to pay for tuition, I've got to pay for mortgage, I'm setting up a GoFundMe, can you please help out? So she wants socialised <laughs> education. She got 250000 bucks in three hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then, comes up with, Trump is a racist, homophobic, transphobic <laughs> bigot, and do you think my black ass would support that rotting cha- carrot? Ridiculous. Any black person can put on that ugly ass hat and say mugger, and y'all will instantly be out their ass because you want to prove so hard you're not racist. <laughs> and just goes on a massive rant of saying how fucking stupid they all are because all her Twitter history was like uh, anti-Republican crap. They're like, you, right. you fuckers don't even check this shit. Nah, they don't care. They, they found a, a, a flag bearer, and that'll do. But, uh, you know, whatever side you fall on or even if you're in the centre you've got no horse in the race if you're going to give money to someone check their shit yeah I think that's the fucking basics of that oh well um I've uh, been trying to fill the non-football weeks uh, recently and I reckon it, it, since we last recorded a podcast I've watched uh, I watched a little bit of cricket I've watched soccer I've watched the NBL I've actually enjoyed watching the NBL so not too bad Actually, there was a really good couple of games. The yeah, the Melbourne yeah. Uniteds have a, a real couple of come-home ones, and yep. then one they faded at the end. But still. I, I've watched darts. I've watched snooker. Uh, I've watched poker. Um, tonight, I was watching the Jack Attack, which the is Jack Attack. Yep, right. the T20 version of Lawn Bowls. Okay. It's the rock and roll of Lawn Bowls, let me tell you. There was five hours of live Lawn Bowls on oh, Fox wow. Sports tonight. Wow. <laughs> I watched it for a little bit. Um, yeah, to say it's, it's been struggle um, to try and find things, but uh, been going all around the 
the dial just to find, oh, yeah, I want some sport. I yep. just need something. Uh, and let's face it, the cricket's not going to do it this year. No. But um, some other things I've noticed, uh, the highlight of the week was it took the kids to time zone on, mm. on last weekend. Right. Um, it, uh, in which, you know, is great and they love it um, and try and win tickets and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I thought it's I was... Not, not the Box Hill Meth Lab one. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I think that's gone. Yeah, it's replaced by like that laser pointer one, a a bubble tea place or something (laughs) like that. The worst part for me about Time Zone is they've got like a Wangan Midnight and Initial D and all those fun racing games, but you need those cards. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. and so you're like, fuck it, I'll get one. You put it in, and then you You forget about race five or six races, get your card booted up. And then you lose the card because you're never going to fucking keep no, in your no. wallet or anything because they're always full as fuck. And you're never going to go back there for another six months anyway. No, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, one of the kids wanted to play air hockey. I'm like, yeah, no worries. And it's a, a Pac-Man themed air hockey, right. uh, whatever. You know, so it's got that whack, 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 you know, noises and stuff like that. So we start playing and, uh, you know, the puck goes around and, you know, I, I scored first because, you know, they're scrubs. I can fuck them up real good. Yeah. And so he pulls out the disc and we go again. And then I hear this, like, like a siren goes off. Okay, that's weird. All of a sudden, multi puck. <laughs> there was about twenty mini pucks just flooded on. I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck's this? This is awesome. Yeah. So whack, 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 whack. They're going everywhere. So I found out the big pucks worth ten, the little ones are worth three. I okay. found this out afterwards. Yep. And so we go, oh, crazy. The pucks just fly everywhere. All right, no worries. And then siren again, more of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's about 20 each time. It was fantastic. It was the greatest yeah, thing I've ever seen. Air hockey is dangerous enough with just one puck. Yeah. Like, I've never managed to keep the puck on the table for the whole game. No, it, it had like it had nets set up on the side. And I thought, okay, yeah. that's, I guess that's safer. That's all right. I had no clue this was coming. Yeah. It was brilliant. What thing a is, great when, idea. When I'm losing and I want to aim the puck at someone, it's impossible to get off the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, usually when you play, you're sort of trying to line up your shots and you're looking yeah. at your opponent. When it's multi, multi-puck, you just look down. Just defend. <laughs> That's all you're doing is just da-da-da everywhere. So the motion you're doing is sort of the reverse uh, reverse cowboy. Reverse cowboy? Yeah, you know, when you flip your hand over and you rub one out? Oh, right. Does that feel like someone else is doing it? Nope, never heard that one before. I just guess someone else to do it. No, it's, it's more um, Mr. Miyagi um, side-side. That's all it is. See, is that how you hold the little... What, what the fuck thing called the paddle? The paddle, I yeah. yeah. So I hold it with like my fingers around it, palm down. But you hold it like gripping a joystick. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't really think about it that much. Yep. I just grab it. No, um, I do the whole on top there. And just like... Anyway, multi uh, multi puck ice hockey is the greatest thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I it was even better Air because hockey. I got to uh, what do I call it? ice hockey? Yeah. Air hockey. Multi-puck uh, ice hockey would be pretty I'm, awesome. No, probably be just as good. I can't yeah. follow one puck in hockey, though. It's amazing, though. <laughs> Multi-ball's been in pinball for, you know, 50 years, yeah. and it's only just starting to get into other sports. Yeah, like real sports. That's what we need. There needs to be more of it. Um, so multi- did you win? I, I want to see multi-ball baseball. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I, I probably won. I, I honestly, I don't know. I was just so impressed with it. Yep. Then I go tell my wife, you've got to try this one. I won't tell you what happens. <laughs> unfortunately, somebody else was playing it before they got there, and they saw it. So um, that wasn't a, a, as good for them. Um, so that was a, a, a weird one, but, uh, I really liked it. Um, all right. I thought we'd go back into our loose units. Um, so I've, I've got a loose unit here, um, that I'm going to take you through. Um, it's, uh, it's a short career, but it's a long story. How's that sound? Yep. Um, and off right off the top, I'll name my sources. Uh, there's, uh, the late tackle magazine and a guy named Neil Cotton, who I got a lot of this stuff from and obviously Wikipedia and that kind of shit. Um, but he's, uh, he's a big fan who, who really gave some of the background story for it. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Yep. And, a fan of us? 
uh, I'm sure he's never never heard of us. And 442, um, you know, which is a, a big website when it comes to soccer and that yep. kind of stuff. So going to the world of soccer. Now, we need some background first. Um, we're going to the team of Southampton, and they're called the Saints. And if you had to compare them to an AFL team, the Saints is probably right. They're the strugglers, you know. Yep. Um, so the highlight of their year is really getting into the top league, the uh, top tier EPL, and staying there. So uh, 1992, they've made it in, back into the, the top league. That, that'd also be the shitty Hampton, too, because Wolverhampton sounds awesome. Yeah, Southampton South... sounds a bit shit. Yeah. Um, uh, they, I, I don't know. I'd have to compare their records to see who stays in the top flight the most. But, you know, winning games isn't really their thing. Surviving relegation is. Yeah. Well, so in that case, get the better merch. Fucking Wolves versus Saints. Nah, it's bullshit. Um, so they, they are a battler. You know, they're stuck with a, a ground capacity of about 15,000. Yeah, it's not much. They don't have much financial clout, you know, or, or prestige. There's nobody <laughs> bragging to go play for the Saints, you know. <laughs> Were they an expansion team? <laughs> I mean, I think they're all expansion teams when it comes to the English soccer. <laughs> Um, but you know, you would have, you both vaguely follow English soccer. You're aware of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can pick the teams if they're the top yeah. ten. You wouldn't have known that Southampton were the Saints. No, no, exactly. So neither are I. That, that gives you an idea of where they're at. I would have called them the Rabbitohs. So in '92, they've made it back into the top league, um, and in the uh, '95-'96 season, um, they were terrible, and they finished 16th. And uh, so 17th down gets relegated. Yep. They finish 16th and only on goal difference. Um, right. The final game of this season, uh, they survived with a nil all draw against Wimbledon. Fucking, no wonder soccer is so popular. That ex- <laughs> nil all draw, celebrate that shit. Yeah, well, it means they stay in the, you know, in the top tier. Um, and, and that means, you know, more money for them. Actually, does it, what, is it better to stay in the top tier yeah. and just yep. be just fucking shit house? Yep. Yeah, it's always better um, because uh, if you do have any good players, they'll have it into their contract. If you get relegated, they're out. Yeah, actually, I remember and that happened with uh, Newcastle and Mark Viduka. So probably they got relegated, and he was like, "Fuck well, this, I'm out." My contract yeah, exit clause, um, and the money—the the difference between the—I think they call it the championship. Yeah, yeah, um, the Premier League and the Championship. One yeah, and two. Yeah, I think that's the second tier is called the Championship. Um, yeah. The difference in money is massive, so that's why you got to stay. Do you reckon there'd be players at the? top of the championship league who are like the best player in the league kind of thing and they're like fuck out we to get promoted because uh, I don't want to train that hard well a lot of them actually if they get promoted they end up going well guys don't need you anymore yep. see you later <laughs> that, that happened I think Leicester City a, a, yeah. a lot of them yeah but you get paid uh, out surely although well who knows yeah um, so anyway going into the uh, the next season um, all they had to cheer really all year was uh, a few moments of uh, brilliance from Matt Leticia um, oh Matty yeah um, and I'm going to mispronounce a lot of names here because I'm not that familiar with soccer, but you know, just bear with us for the sake of the story. Um, what would his nickname be? Matt Letizia. Letizia. People would know their names are probably know the story already, so they're probably skipping. Exactly. <laughs> Millet. Um, so uh, he, he's their star striker, and he's basically all they've got. So anyway, they've had a manager change in the off-season, and they've got a bloke by the name of Graham Sounis. So Sounis uh, had a lot of success over in Turkey and, and uh, you know a little bit of uh, controversy and that kind of stuff, but... Turkey and controversy, bullshit. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Soundness or sourness? Soundness. Sound. S-O-U-N-E-S-S. Soundness. Um, but he's a big name manager. Right. He's a named coach. Like, imagine if the AFL went out and you've, uh, you know, you're going for a new coach and you get somebody that, oh, yeah, okay. Um, John Worsfold comes back in. You go, yeah. right, we got somebody. Is he on Football Manager 2018? Yeah, I'm going to assume no, but. Oh, well, then I probably would never heard of him. Who, who would know? He's no Mark Jednak. Anyway, so 
that started to get you know the, the local press going, and in the off season he said, well, "I'm going to attract." Um, you know, the big name players from all across Europe and all over the globe. I want to get exciting players. I want to put passion back into the game. And, and the press is eating it up and they're loving it. Um, so anyway. So uh, he avoided Germany? He, he didn't. He looked everywhere. Um, so you're looking for passion. But, I don't know if that's the place. You know, well, it depends what your goal is, really. The stories are starting <laughs> um, and he's doing, doing as much as he can. Um, but during the year, they've had a little bit of bad luck with injuries and that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess in the year they're in the bottom end of the table and they're, they're really struggling. And then he gets a phone call. Right. And that's where our story really starts. It's a few, it, it all starts with a phone call. Always. Does. It always does. That's why I just don't answer the phone. Even the numbers, <laughs> numbers that are, that's like visible, not even private numbers. If I don't know the number, eh, I'll, I'll check voicemail. Yeah. No, never I, check voicemail. I do that all the time. You get, uh, numbers that you don't recognize. You're like, hang on. I do that. Uh, I've. Google it, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, it's so and so. They they want money for this. Like, fuck yeah. that. I'm not answering this shit. Yeah. And Richmond Footy Club. I'm like, you ringing me so often for for money or buy tickets. I'm like, you guys are loaded. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm already paying you. Fucking actually, how, I pay actually, how the fuck can you call a hundred thousand people in one year? <laughs> uh, but I mean, I know the maths. It's, yeah, it's possible. Know. But you're gonna need about a thousand uh, call center staff. Or maybe they outsource. I don't know. Probably right. Actually, well, they did build a new center. I mean, it looks pretty dingy. Maybe there's like a little, I don't know, windowless. Uh, production line going on downstairs. Perhaps we get the merch. I don't know. Well, merch sucks. So yeah. Well, yeah. No, I don't think so because we tried to buy merch and they didn't have enough to send out. So, so I, I still can't find uh, the the grand final premiership Guernsey, like the, the yellow and black one, the yellow color with the black stripe. Yeah, they didn't make enough of them. Why the f- that? How the fuck is that possible? Like I do not know. They changed the Guernsey for the grand final. Like yeah. you know, whatever reasoning behind it, they do it and they win the flag. Who gives a shit? But to not have that merch for sale even a year later, you'd still fucking buy one. I would. Yeah. My dad would still buy one. It'd have to be fucking 8XL. Yeah. Maybe 10. But uh, he'd still wear it proudly. Yeah. Anyway, phone call. Graham Soundness received a phone call. Yep. Now, the phone call he received was purported to be from George Way. So George Way uh, was an absolute star for AC Milan and former World Footballer of the Year. Um, he was the spearheading AC Milan's attack um, the side will go on to win Syria A, um, and yeah, ninety nine. Syria, Syria. Ah, yeah, um, and world player of the year. So a legitimate, absolute superstar right. has yep. called up Graham Soundness and has said, "I've got a tip for you. This is kid coming out of um, Sudan. He uh, was an absolute star. I think you should sign him." Now, should we get some background? Sudanese football. Yeah, it's big. It's yeah. big. It, 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 it is massive. But how does it rate in terms of league? Oh, they don't really have a league, but they have a lot of great players. Like it, coming out of Africa, um, you know, it's certainly on the up and up. Um, like I said, George Way was, uh, you know, fo- world footballer of the year, hmm. and he's out of Africa. He was the first African to get it. Right. So they're the, the new wave. So it, it's a bit like um, I think in Australian football terms, when you hear about you know some kids coming out of the Pilbara and you go, yep. "Well, this kid's an absolute fucking superstar." Yeah. And then where's the next one coming out of there? Yeah. So the timing was perfect. He said, there's this guy. Um, he's uh, been playing you know, around those other leagues. I think it'd be a great pickup for you. He's got a couple of international goals with uh, Senegal. Did I say Sudan? I meant yep. Senegal. Oh, okay. Ap- yep. Apologies. That's different. Um, but uh, so he's got... Magic Door's already been picked up. Um, so he, he's got uh, some elite division um, experience, international experience. And uh, he's been cousin. You'll do your work. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already seeing the floor in this uh, this proposal, but uh, yeah, run with. So, Graham Sanders has thought, you know what? I've promised big name players. 
Here's a kid with uh, experience. There's a good story here. Let's try him. Yeah. I'll give him a 30-day contract. Come down, have a tryout for us. 30-day contract. Not a massive one. Let's just see how he goes. To be fair, that's all less ambitious than Bruno Senna. Now, what he doesn't know right now um, is that he wasn't the only one to receive this phone call. Another couple of clubs had <laughs> as well. And uh, most of them just went, what? No, go. Bang. Just hung up. Graham didn't. Having so, them asked for a bit of money so they could transfer a, a big win from the Nigerian Prince back. <laughs> I, they might have got through that. Um, so here's what Sounder said at the time. Uh, sorry. Uh, he said, we said, come down and train with us for a week or so. We'll see what's what. See what you've got. Um, and the guy's name was Ali Deer. So Dia. George Way's cousin, Ali Deer. Right. Uh, uh, so maternal cousin, one would think. Well, I mean... There were a few holes in the story. Like I said, this guy was coming from uh, Senegal and uh, um, Graham Way was from uh, Liberia, um, who were different countries, but never mind. Hey, it's all Africa, right? Well, to be fair, if you uh, had a map of Africa and said, uh, name the countries on the yeah. continent, once you get past Egypt, Montenegro, South does Madagascar count? South Africa, Zimbabwe, uh, Tanzania. I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much yeah. fucked the- after that. So Ali Dia's career has been covered a lot. So there is a lot of quotes and a lot of stuff I can see uh, to look this all up. Um, but I gave you the sources at the top. So here's what, uh, uh, 10 years after the fact, what Matt Latissa, the, the star striker, um, here's what he said about... Oh, the Tiss. Uh, uh, starting. Um, I call him Boom Tiss. So this is about Ali Dia. After he, he signed a 30-day contract, he comes down. This guy turned up at the recommendation from George Way. Apparently he was the cousin of George Way. And he said, this guy is a pretty good footballer. Give him a try. He came down on Friday morning and he trained with us and he played in the fiver side. To be honest, he wasn't very good. <laughs> Trialists come and go and I thought this is going to be the same thing and he wouldn't want to see him and we wouldn't ever see him again. Um, so he's turned up to training and uh, later on when he goes, uh, reflects on it, he said uh, he, he was shit house, but this happens all the time. You know, people yeah. come in, unaware, yeah. whatever. So uh, they're playing Leeds um, that weekend and like I said, they are struggling to get a fully fit side together. Yeah. Um, so with that, so... When you're attracting talent, there's no draft or anything in Premier League. No, soccer, no, is there? It's money talks. Yeah, so it's just you can sign whoever you like. There's no you salary like. cap, no draft. People turn up and you're like, "Fuck, he can go." So uh, you throw some cash at him and he has a run, and then if he's shit, you stab him. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, sure. I know they have transfer windows that close and you can't sign players and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But pretty much, players come and go all the time. I should have played a couple of seasons of Football Manager so I could get back up yeah. to my soccer. Yeah, this sounds like what they do with horses in the US. They have races where I forget what they call them, but. Uh, the horses, if it wins, it might get picked up. The losers all get shot. Yeah, no, because they don't do handicap so much. They do um, straight up, straight up racing. Yeah. So if you're a fat jockey, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, you're a NASCAR driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, never mind. This happens all the time. It, it turns up he's no good. Um, one of the other players, uh, the bottom line is that we watched him in training and had made up our minds that he wasn't good enough. But then in training, we had a problem with Latisse. I guess that's his nickname. And three other strikers went down injured. Um, that, this is the coach talking. Does, How many? Does, uh, does old mate have an alibi? <laughs> uh, no, but was, not, not beyond. Not beyond. Was, uh, were, were any of them not talking? Um, so this is the coach, Soundness. Um, Terry Cooper, one of the other uh, managerial staff, suggested that maybe we should register him just for one game. If he has to go on, he has to go on. Uh, you know, whatever. He's really just, you know what, we're short. Remember there was a few years ago with the Gold Coast where Matty Lappin said he had to suit up for the reserves? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like that. You know, if we need him, we're not going to need him, though. You know, if something yeah. happens, but we register him, 
He'll just sit on the bench. We won't worry about it. So this is like the under-14 kid turn up to the beaker grade game to yeah. run water, and they're like, hang on, four people have gone down. You just sit on the bench, mate, and uh, keep the numbers up. Pretty much. Well, they asked the players about it, and they said, like, you know, covered, at the uh, the trial during the week, he was hopeless. Then he rock up on Saturday, and he's in the change rooms. And they thought, oh, well, good on him. He, he's tried. He gets to watch the game as well. <laughs> <laughs> then he's putting on a Guernsey, or, or what do they call it, the kit. Cheers, whatever. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. Um, he's going to sit on the bench. <laughs> Actually, on that, it's funny how we call them Guernseys, and yeah. uh, in the UK they call them Jerseys. Yeah, both breeds of sheep. Let's so I'm assuming there strip, might be a there might be a wool, I don't know, thing going on. Guernsey oh, and yeah. Jersey are both. I had no idea. Livestock. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I thought they call it a strip. Well, I've had yeah that as well. I've had this conversation with an Englishman, and he said they're a Jersey. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what's a Guernsey? Well, they're both sheep. I'm like, oh. I don't. Know. It was Cornish. I don't know. He might have been fucking them. Um. All right. So. They're at the game against Leeds, um, and like I said, Latisse or Latissa, Matt Latissa, whatever he was, um, he thought, well, this is interesting that they've just given him a go, whatever. Um, but he's the star of the side, and he pulls his calf 10 minutes oh, into the game. Fuck. So what does the coach do? Looks down the bench and goes, he's been in all the papers. <laughs> Ali Dia is my man. Put him on. <laughs> so for his debut in the English Premier League, Ali Dia <laughs> runs onto the ground. Um, within short time, uh, the ball comes to him in the in the front half. It's his first touch, and he's absolutely rocketed one towards the goal. He's he's gone up in celebration already. Now the goalkeeper did have to move, but he stopped it. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's fine. Um, well, I'm not saying soccer is known for premature celebration, but Jesus fuck, yeah. they actually do get yeah. a goal. There's a five-minute... It makes the NFL players look tame by comparison. Yeah, and I was totally expecting that to be his own goalkeeper. Yeah. Mind, <laughs> mind you, when you, your whole team might score three goals for a season, I guess you celebrate them when you get them. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's his first touch. And uh, like I said, uh, the, the guy whose story I'm reading, uh, Neil Cotton, who was a massive uh, Southampton fan, he thought, this is it. I've got great seats. You know, it's a small ground as well. You're so close to it. He goes, this is the superstar. This is the guy that's going to get the start. Sure. So, <laughs> so this is the 15,000 capacity ground. So yeah. he's, he's probably got pretty... If you've got uh, season tickets to that, you are a diehard yeah. fan. Um, and even before the game, uh, Salness is still singing up his praises. You know, saying he played with George Way over in Germany and played in the second division in Germany. And, yeah. you know, so there is so much media hype. And his first touch, it's a shot on goal. It's not a terrible shot, but yeah. it didn't go in. And I said it was his first touch, didn't I? Yep. He played for another 35 minutes. Oh, did not Jesus. touch the ball again. Um, that was his only touch. How long was his hype up before his actual match? Oh, it was only a week. Only oh, a geez. week. An African player who got hyped up for just a week, mate. I'm a North Melbourne fan. We're, so We've done years. Here's, yeah. here's Tiss, who recounts it. He came down and fought, uh, to be honest, it was very good. Um, he turned up the next day to play against Leeds, and he's named on the subs bench, which I thought was a bit strange. After about 20 minutes, I get a calf strain, and it's me that comes off for Ali Dia. It was unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. He, <laughs> he was so embarrassing to watch, Graham Sounders actually had to take him off again after half time. He was that bad. It was a great wind-up. I bet he just was chuffed to get out onto the pitch. I have no idea if it was George Way's cousins or not. I don't think he was. He was just chuffed to get out on the pitch and play. I think it was a great wind-up for someone who came up with this idea. Um, so... He did not touch the ball for 35 minutes. They said he ran around like he was trying to avoid the ball even. Well, well yeah, I mean, he doesn't touch the ball for, for 35 minutes. If a goalkeeper doesn't touch the ball for 35 minutes, it's a good game. So, you know, yeah. a bit, it might be racist, actually. He was like yeah. a headless chicken, but the funny thing was he was running everywhere the ball wasn't. I think he was trying to avoid it. 
It Maybe. was very odd. Not quite sure how a man of Graham's experience fell for that. He and was just waiting point. for a one-two. Exactly. <laughs> Never got the one. He was uh, the, just a Nathan Buckley. <laughs> the next morning, he turned up for treatment on an injury, the physio was telling me. <laughs> so Sunday morning, he treats up, has a bit of treatment, he leaves... And then we never see him again. He never came back. He just leaves. Nobody knows where he went. Never to be seen again. Actually, I think I've had that treatment too. When you turn <laughs> up and say, uh, look, uh, I've, uh, I think I've put my talent. Um, I, I don't think it's going to recover. And they're like, mate, that, that's unrecoverable. That talent is gone. Um, so even the coach afterwards uh, said, um, you know, uh, he went for about half an hour without touching the ball. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> uh, Leeds ran out two ne- two nil winners, and Dia was officially released from his contract after two weeks. Um, but he had one shot on target, yeah. Yeah, one one kick, one I've touch. Had, I've had worse strikers. Well, yeah. see, after that is when you have the injury, and that's where you're like, look, I was I was going so good, but now I'm injured. Shit. So, yeah, I mean, a few weeks give me another chance. Um, uh, after leaving Southampton, Dia had a short spell at Northeast non-league club Gateshead before moving into business. So Gateshead is fifth tier. Right. Um, yep. So they signed him for some reason. Um, and so the story of Ali Dia goes on, and for a few reasons. One was, you know, his, uh, his time at, uh, at Gateshead. Um, I don't fault the bloke for having a crack, though. No. Oh, well, why not? I had a dream once that uh, Dad bought an F1 team. Jesus. And then he was like, oh, you drive. And then... You know when you have those dreams and you're like, there is no way known I'm qualified to drive a Formula 1 car. I will yeah. fucking die. But in my dream, I'm like, yeah, but this might not happen again, so I'm going to have a crack. And, and then I can't remember what happened after that, but I remember just thinking, this is fucking stupid, but I'm going to do it. So he signed up for Gateshead, um, and he got a £1,500 signing fee. And everybody knows that he got a 1500 signing on fee <laughs> because the club supporters paid for it. <laughs> they got together uh, to, to get him over. Um, so after talking that, so this is, he's uh, making his debut for Gateshead in front of 423 fans <laughs> at the Gateshead International Stadium. Um, he had a bit of pace. He actually scored. Um, scored? But Plus, yeah, this after his initial success, he went downfield fast. So one thing I I don't know if it's mentioned in those articles or not, but uh, the initial call to the uh, Southampton coach yes did that perhaps sound a little less like the uh, former player of the the year George Way and a bit more like the bloke who turned up Ali Dia. To this day, Ali Dia maintains he does not know who made that phone call. <laughs> he like a lot of them talk about it like they don't know if he was living out of fantasy or if he's just one of those guys that went with a lie and just went yeah it's true. And just believed it. Because yep. uh, they, they asked him afterwards, like, um, what happened? How did you get onto South Africa? And he <laughs> said, well, uh, this man, George Wade, called and said, I, I was a good player. I am a good player. And so I got on. And they said, so who made that phone call? Well, this I tell you, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, the line went dead. <laughs> you know what? I, I think he's got a big future in sports agency. Because, geez, he's, uh, he's already more successful than about 99% of sports agents around the world. Um, he, he got his player in. Okay, so anyway, at Gateshead, like I said, he did score on debut, but it was not without uh, a few funny incidents. Like, um, he's still he's still talking about how he played with George Way in Germany right. and all that kind of stuff. How old is this guy? Uh, he was in his 20s. Right. Um, well, you know, sometimes people might fudge their age a little bit. I think he said young, yeah. early 20s, and he might have actually been closer to 30, but yeah. who, who knows? Um, yeah, I do that all the time. But he's still saying, you know, he played international. He scored international yeah, goals. Not intentional. I just forget how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he, he's saying all this, um, and he's he's bragging about the money he's made and uh, how he drives a Mercedes. He, and uh, his Gateshead fan, uh, sorry, uh, co-players, uh, teammates, who said when he first came, he used to go on and on about his Mercedes too. What he didn't tell us was that it was 15 years old Mercedes. <laughs> when he drove that king. Oh, that, I thought you meant Mercedes too. I'm like, bought it in Albania. A Mercedes too series? No, it's probably find the owner in England. It's just used. A 15 year old Mercedes, when he drove this banger into the car park, <laughs> we fell apart laughing. Um, so Gateshead's got a new manager named Jim Platt. He uh, inherited Deer. Uh, oh, he's wow. still on there, on the team. Um, he was similarly unimpressed. Um, once against Slough, Slough Town. Um, he sent him on as a substitute with 10 minutes to go, hauled him off with four minutes remaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, they uh, they got rid of him. Um, Do they have a player coach rule in the EPL? Because I, <laughs> I feel like uh, whatever fifth division league he was in, the coach would be like, fuck it, that, I'll just I'll take it. Um, eventually, Dia was released by the conference side, Gateshead. Yeah. But in typical style, that didn't single the end of the ever-persistent striker. One night after training, a reserves team manager at the time, former Newcastle striker Alan Shoulder, pulled a piece of paper out of his pocket, says Gateheads, the owner of Gatehead, John Gibson, who owned the team then. He says some guy had turned up unannounced at training and joined him with the boys. <laughs> the player then told Shoulder that he thought he could do a job for the club and wanted to sign for them. How did that piece of paper get in his pocket? <laughs> I think he just thought it was interesting. Um, so John Gibson said, I obviously knew David, uh, David is uh, David Ginola, who was a Paris, uh, played for Paris, one of the big teams over there, yeah. and a French international. Um, so he said, I knew David through my work with Newcastle, and he didn't know who the hell Dia was. <laughs> but Dia had a photograph of him with David Ginola. Right. He said, I've got a photo, you know, we know each other, we played in Paris. <laughs> so the owners called David, goes, who's this guy? He goes, no, nope, never heard of him. <laughs> um, the problem was, when he saw the picture, it was the kind of snap that people took with him whenever he set him foot, aside, foot inside a Newcastle nightclub. So basically, <laughs> he's just found, he put his arm around and click, and that's his, that was his CV for soccer. Um, uh, Gibson also said, Dia was a bit of a Walter Mitty. I think he got into the situation of believing all of his own bullshit. The funny, funniest thing is that his original story never made sense either. He was supposed to be a cousin of, or friend of George Way, but Way was from Liberia, uh, Liberia not Senegal. Um, but he, Gibson does admit that Deer was a highly likable character. So, you know, he's... Yeah, the mascot. The mascot. Um, and It seems like he'd be a great stage magician, like getting pieces of paper in people's pockets, <laughs> getting phone calls made that no one knows what's happened. Um, he could have a career there. Even the fans that fronted up the 1,500 pounds did not care because, you know, <laughs> it became a crowd favourite. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the other players said, he just loved the fans singing his name. <laughs> Says... Uh, <laughs> Even when... Dear, what, what fucking song yeah. are they singing? Well, it's usually I'll tell you. The other team's fans. Even when we were singing, Ali Dia is a liar, is a liar, he would have a huge grin on his face. <laughs> I'm just thinking of um, The Dictator, the the movie with yeah. Ali G. Yeah. When he's got... Uh, what was the character name? Aladdin? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. They're the song that went through... Um, what was the tune of? Like, you've seen the song, yeah? The yeah, movie? I've seen it a long time that. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, can't run the tune. Never mind. So anyway, um, Deer's career would never really take off. Um, and he, I think in 2001, he went to university in England and got a degree and disappeared into business. Um, but the reason... But he's not actually silly. He got a degree. No. I'll tell you what, he's smarter than 90% of people he's called, apparently. Yeah. But his story keeps getting told because 
obviously uh, whenever you know um, they do the top ten worst signings and right. you know, yep. the the Daily Mail does the worst fifty EPL footballers of all time. He's yep. number six. Yeah, only played one game. He played half an hour, touched the ball once, <laughs> but he still gets talked about. It's a good touch. He's um, Aaron Keating. But uh, and this is you know nearly twenty twenty two years ago. Yep. Um, and it's still talked about. Um, and it's become legendary status. And a lot of it is because, um, in part, nobody can find him anymore. He literally really? disappeared. Played for these couple of clubs. Um, and all these stories from all these uh, other soccer websites that try to find him. They called these old clubs that he went to. They called the university he went to. And they went, we'd never heard of him. Um, there was one that got him on the phone in 2008. And the other ones that asked him about, you know, how the phone call happened. Yep. He went, I don't know who it was, and hung up. And that's the last time he's heard from is in 2008. But if you call him, how do you know you're talking to him? Or you're talking yeah, to the George Way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, George Way had to come out and said, nah, don't know him. It wasn't, I never made that phone call. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, you know, and so especially in this year, this uh, era of social media, and he just does not have an online footprint. Um, but uh, uh, Neil Cotton, um, who tells the story, uh, finishes off like this. The story is compelling for another reason too. Whatever his own personal motiva- motivations or circumstances, Dia lived out every fan's dream of getting onto the pitch. Yeah. Um, so he finishes up with uh, Southampton uh, EPL one game, zero goals, and Gateshead in the fifth tier, eight games and two goals. So that's his official record that we know. The rest of it he spoke about obviously never happened. No. But he might have played some other, you know, park footy or something, who knows. But that is the story of Ali Dia, I mean, the most famous one game EPL player of all time. I think I've still got a chance. It would have been good if, like, in his one Premier League game, he just went and tried to trade Guernsey after the, after the match with, like, you know, team members. Just pick up the star. Or even, like, three team members. Just, like, get negotiate your way up to the best Guernsey. Who'd they actually play? Cause it Leeds. Uh, who, who have since fallen away, but I, yeah. I don't know who they're... Imagine they were playing with. Arsenal or Man United or something. He's like, you know, uh, I, I can I can be persuaded. In, in those days, you know, imagine if he played, he tried to swap Guernseys with Beckham or something like that. <laughs> imagine that first goal actually gone through. All of a sudden, it would have been like, this kid might have something. Turn the, the and then you've got, uh, you know, say Chelsea going, oh, we'll pay you £100 million. And he's like, okay. Oh. What <laughs> he would, would have shit next game, they would have seen him in the A-League. After the fact, though, like he, he never admitted that he lied. Yeah. Like, even though it was quite clear that he had, like, even if you made a phone call to the uh, Senegal Federation of Football, you could have asked, and they went, "No, who the fuck's that?" But he, he believed it, and so, he did not. He would not admit it was a lie. So someone got caught in uh, dishonesty and decided to back themselves rather than admit <laughs> fault. Sounds for years. Like, sounds like professional sportsman to me. Yeah, exactly. uh, I think he was overqualified for but the EPL. Even the coach, Soundness, he wouldn't admit that he got duped. He was yeah. like, well, it was worth a try, wasn't it? You know? Well, well, you I, never know. What I understand uh, is, He got fucked. <laughs> is that after his first game, that he just disappeared. Like, he still had three weeks left on a rock-solid contract. <laughs> uh, he I would have been in there fighting and being like, oh, well, injury, you know what I mean? I think he realised, yeah, oh, this is not going to work out the way I thought it was. Um, but, uh, it was, hey, the lad did it. You probably couldn't do that in this day and age um, no. anymore, you know, because one look on YouTube, you figure out, hmm, not true. Yeah. I think we're almost at the time where you can. Actually, now that you mention that, I've just realised in the last week, uh, a heavy metal band did it. Yeah. You saw that story. Um, a, a guy basically set up his own Facebook page for his band um, and said he had hundreds, thousands oh, yeah. of fans and he just paid, bought them, yep. went on a European tour and not one ticket was sold. Yeah, not one hmm. single person was there. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. 
Usually, so you can, still can? We usually just like, I remember there was, I can't remember what the band was, but uh, a dude went on to Wikipedia and like yeah. changed his name and said he was one of their cousins. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm a cousin. Like, check out Wikipedia. Um, and looked yeah. up like, holy shit, he is. In you go. And the band went, yeah, good yeah, job. I've got a feeling it was like Link 182 or some nah, shit. No, it, was, it wasn't that big. that big. Yeah. It was some it was, it was it was like punk pretty, band. Pretty big, yeah. Yeah, I'm not massive, think, but I, I do remember that happening. Uh, and yeah. fair play, the, the dude earned it. Mm. But I, I do like these stories, and like I said to you, Brenton, it reminded me of your uh, snowboarder when you yeah. did the last yeah. loose L- unit, Elizabeth Sweeney. Yeah, and there's another great one called um, the Phantom of the Open. Uh, if you look that up, it was about a guy that um, played one saw golf on the TV and thought, "I want to play in the Masters." Yeah, and uh, to, the main part of the story is he rung up and they said, "All right, if you're an amateur." You have to qualify. Yeah. And he goes, oh, what about pros? And he goes, pros get in straight away. How do you become a pro? Well, you tick the pro box. <laughs> <laughs> we do have the loose okay. units. Yep. yep, done. We do have the loose units in the back catalogue from last year, so you can, yeah, yeah. You can chase yeah. those up so if you like. Um, yeah, they're very, very good. But uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's the story of Ali Deer. Um, and uh, Donk Dunk, who does the gambling podcast, I know he's yep. mentioned him once or twice before. He's one of his favourite stories about uh, yep. English Premier League soccer. Well, that would have been his era as well. Yeah. Dunk oh, actually living in the UK. Yeah, Scotland, yeah, it would have been. Would have been still Who's actually followed? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Through and through. Don't ever yeah. mistake that. He, he has it tattooed on him, literally. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't uh, begrudge those guys that try and aim high. Yeah. Like, uh, ambition, I think, is three quarters well, of success. If I, if I was the coach after that first game, I would have gone on the shoulder, tapped you on the shoulder and gone, mate, you fooled me. Well done. You got, yeah. the, you got your bluff. Take your free Guernsey. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher comes out. He's like, ah. <laughs> but I just would have imagined we're in ways to pretend you're a defender instead. You know, maybe not responsible for <laughs> Go scoring for the goals. Mm. Yeah, mm. Yep. especially in the EPL, you could be like, "Hey, man, that uh, that striker's on three hundred million pounds a second. Yeah, I'm just a newbie. I, I, it's going to take me about four or five seasons the, the, to get uh, up to scratch here. The Vinnie Jones uh, method he could have gone. I guess. Yeah. yeah, just belt someone, get suspended, and still get paid. Well, you sl- slide tackle aggressively, and it looks like you're actually trying to do your proper job. Yeah, you know, that's a good slide tackle. I'm starting to think well, I've got a future here. A- again, though, we are overestimating that he knows what a sli- slide tackle is. It's very true. By all accounts, we c- can't really say how much organised football he'd played before or debuting in the hats. English Premier League. Yep. Well, he, he knew who George Way's name. We'll give him that much. He, he knew that. Who's the, the current? <laughs> no, just think if you rang up um, the Melbourne Victory today and said, "Hi, it's Lionel Messi. My cousin's pretty good. Can you give him a go?" Yeah. Maybe that's what Usain Bolt did actually with the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I got people to turn up. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I do love the fact he scored a couple of goals, and uh, I saw the goals he scored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the goalkeeper didn't quite jump out of the way, but uh, <laughs> certainly didn't. Put the maximum. It's one of those ones where at the start of the match, like the scratch match, it's like, mate, we're not here to watch you defend. I've we're watch, we're yeah. here to watch him win. I've seen harder goals in the uh, Ted Witten's EJ, EJ Witten Legends game. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Do you reckon uh, Boulder get a Guernsey in the EJ Witten Legends game? Yeah, of course he would. I think if you asked for it, he'd get it. They gave Strawny one. This is very true. I mean, Andy Lee and Hamish got a Guernsey. I don't think at the, least they're the funny. Strawny hasn't been funny for quite some time. Uh, I've I, Found him funny in short what, moments, far apart. Two thousand and seven. I did buy his book. For, for, he a book. Yeah, he wrote a book. Yeah, in character. Yeah, in character. Uh, I I got a couple of laughs out of it um, for the six dollars that I paid for it. It was uh, only a couple. As far as Griffin would say, it so was paid, a, si- a six shitter. <laughs> paid two bucks no, per laugh. No, it wasn't a six shitter. Three shitter. <laughs> it was yeah, much much less. The only joke I remember was. Um, uh, it was a report card for one of his teachers and said, uh, Strawny needs to stop insisting that uh, 
he is Italian, uh, that he can speak Italian, um, even though he insists, I can speak of the Italian, <laughs> because he's half woke. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, all right, so I think that's our loose unit. Have we got anything else to tie up? There's nothing to say about football, because nothing's really happened in the last... No, has that's not the media pretending that something's happened, though. They've tried. Oh, They've tried their best. There's been left, right, and center. Caroline Wilson had a whole bunch of shit come out, and uh, it's one of those ones where you, you know that they're just trading crap stories. Someone's writing about forty crap stories a week and just farming them out under different names, just yeah. white labeling them. Like when do AFL journalists take their annual leave? Well, it used to be uh, the same time as the uh, the teams took their trips because they used to actually go with them. There was um, oh fuck, I've forgotten his name. How did that go wrong? Uh, no, Brian. Oh, they called him. They called him Poison Pen. Um, he used to actually go on... Palmer. Sure, remember that. I think it's Brian Palmer. Yeah. He used to he wrote for The Truth and The Age and a whole bunch of other papers. But he used to actually go on leave with the teams. Right. But there was always the understanding that he'd, he'd get shit-faced with them. <laughs> and uh, there was stuff you could report on and stuff you couldn't. So he'd report on the biggest fuck-up of, yeah. the, of the trip, but not the other ones. And it was kind of just like, all right, Davo's taken one for the team. Yes, he's a fucking idiot. But you're not talking about Jack Dyer punching that dude, are you? You're not? All right, we're on board. Because um, that was when Jack Dyer was one of the untouchables. Right. To a limit. Okay, we're talking the 50s now then. Well, he All started right. back then. Right, okay. Back when the prostitutes would line up around the block to uh, get their ad in the paper. Talk about Collins fans like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's been struggling for stories. I saw there was one that, you know, Eight or nine Swans players tested, uh, self-reported after their 2012 grand final win. Um, I think I'm only surprised that it was only well, eight or nine. The rest of are still going. They're like, no, 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 <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. They've won a grand final. Yeah, blow off some steam. Yeah. They should, a week after the grand final, just give them a, a week's grace. Just like, mate, we're not yeah. testing this week. Yeah. You know. I'm pretty sure that's on the back of the medallion. Just, you know, <laughs> get out of testing free. Yeah, it's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think you got anything else? Uh, no, we might wrap it up for this. Not a bunch of bollocks, but uh, yeah, nothing that funny. Yeah. All right, we'll do. Yeah, good yeah, luck. Hey, see ya. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik: The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.